Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 78. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about how do you deal with negative feedback? If you'd like to check out other free resources like this one, you can do so at my website at williamdparker.com. If you want to subscribe for free weekly updates, I'll send you a my ebook, Eight Hats, Essential Rules for School Leaders, or you can check out my books, Principal Matters or Messaging Matters at my website or at amazon.com. The other day, a principal friend emailed me a question and he said, Will, I would like your thoughts on something that I've been grappling with. It's the importance that I place on staff approval of what I do or what I present. The need to be liked, I know, is often crazy or irrational, but how do you deal with knockback? or hearing negative comments, or ignoring the naysayers? You know, this is a common question. When I did a survey just a few months ago asking readers or listeners for their most challenging parts of school leadership, it often is how do you deal with the pushback, or how do you deal with negativity? And so, first of all, I just want to answer this question today by saying it's an honest question. I think that all of us deal with the common tension of, on the one hand, wanting to create the best possible environment, while on the other hand, facing the fact that sometimes we're going to disappoint others, fail to motivate them, or maybe not even be liked in some of the decisions that we're making. And sometimes I think that we need to be willing to go a direction that sometimes others don't like, especially if it means that we're choosing to do what's right for our schools. But I think there's often two sides to this school culture coin, and that's what I want to talk about when we talk about negativity or pushback, is how do we influence our school cultures? And so I want to today just focus on three points to consider when weighing how do you lead others while building consensus, even if sometimes your decisions are resisted. So let me start with number one. Number one, first... Creating an environment of teamwork or collegiality or togetherness is a big part of productivity. If you want to look back at a previous podcast episode I did, episode 41, I referred to a TED Talk by Margaret Heffernan when she is speaking about research that she had looked at by William Muir. And William Muir's experiments with laying hens was a fascinating piece of research on productivity. Muir theorized that if he could isolate the best layers from a flock of chickens into a group by themselves and create super chickens, then he would have the most productive hens. And so for six generations, he isolated these super chickens into their own flock. And what he found was that instead of these chickens outperforming these other groups of untouched flocks, they actually did not perform as well because these exceptional layers almost pecked each other to extinction. And so in Margaret Heffernan's TED Talk, she explains how this lesson can also be applied to research she's done and what makes productive teams or what makes productive people. And her research showed that highly productive teams have three components. A, they show high degrees of social sensitivity to one another. B, 
They are groups who give equal time to one another without one voice dominating, and no one is a passenger on this team. And C, the more successful groups had more women in them, or I would like to say more diversity. So productivity and teamwork, they just go hand in hand. So it should concern us when others choose to go negative. And at the same time, when we're showing openness to others' opinions, when we're giving equal time to hearing many perspectives, when we're including diverse groups of voices, then we can make sure that we're increasing the possibilities that others feel that they're part of the decision-making. So I think the first question to ask ourselves is, how are we creating an environment of teamwork and collegiality and togetherness that encourages productivity? Because that's our part as leaders, is to make sure that we're creating those kinds of environments, not simply being upset with people that they're going negative if we haven't given them opportunities for voice. But point number two, when we're building an environment of teamwork, it often means helping others to look outside of their own interests. There's so many ways to talk about this, but I think it's important that when we are leading, that we often provide perspective. And as educators, obviously the most important perspective is that we are seeing things from the perspective of students, not what's best for adults, but what's best for students. What are the best practices that help them to be successful? Because often the tensions that we're having or anxieties that we're having among our team members are adult concerns. What's in it for me or how much time does it require from me? not what's in it for the students or how is this going to benefit them, which is the best motivation. There's a great illustration about how to look outside yourself that I heard in a podcast conversation between Tim Elmore and Don Yeager, and I'll link to it in my show notes. But Yeager, who used to write for Sports Illustrated, tells a story about Coach Mike Krzyzewski, who was Duke's legendary basketball coach, who everyone refers to as Coach K., When Coach K was asked to coach the men's Olympic basketball team, he knew that these elite professional athletes would be a combination of both talent and ego. And as a way to help them build teamwork, he took them to Arlington Cemetery near Washington, D.C. And while they toured the graves, he walked them by the section that had the newest graves. And they saw markers of men and women who had given their lives for their country, many of them close to their own ages, And as they were in the cemetery, something unexpected happened. There was a young man in the distance who was wearing civilian clothes, but he looked like a soldier, and he had a backpack, and he was placing photos from this backpack on tombstones. And so Coach K approached him, and the young man explained that he had survived an attack overseas while he was on patrol, and that these graves were his brothers in arms, and he was there to lay down photos of memories that he had had with them as a way to grieve And so Coach K asked him if he would step over and speak to his men's basketball team about his experience and what teamwork meant to him. So this young soldier stood before these professional athletes. He explained that his teammates were those who shared a mission with him that was bigger than themselves, that they served a larger cause, that they represented their country and one another. It was a touching moment. And after this visit to Arlington, Coach K related that this group of individuals, these men with lots of talents and egos, suddenly gelled together as a team because they saw that their purpose was so much greater than just the game. They were representing something larger by being the Olympic basketball team. How does this apply to us as educators? Well, I think it's important that we keep perspective in our day-to-day work with students and teachers and teammates. We always need to point 
ourselves back to the bigger picture of what we're doing, helping others, serving communities, understanding the emotional and the cognitive challenges of our students. We've got to be willing to remind ourselves that understanding comes first. As Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. And so point number two is building an environment of teamwork often means helping ourselves and others look outside of our own interests when people are beginning to go negative. And point number three, building a strong team sometimes means simply being willing to be misunderstood or misjudged. As hard as it is to accept that, the other side of the school culture coin is that leadership sometimes means taking people places they don't want to go. And ultimately, that's why we're leaders. Leaders have to make final calls with the best information that we have before us. You know, over the years, I've had many people disagree with my decisions, whether that's students or parents or teachers or teammates. And it hurts the most when it's people on your team. But I believe that that comes with the territory. You know, sometimes we need to face reality. People are prone to question authority. And although that can be frustrating for us as leaders, it also means that we have a healthy environment if we're making sure that our decisions and solutions are bringing about the best results. Questioning isn't always a bad thing. In fact, in the end, it can be healthy for us to be challenged because we rethink our reasons. It can ground us back in what we're to do if it doesn't derail us from our goals. Whether everyone is happy or not, it is our responsibilities as leaders to make the best final decisions. You know, as I look back over some of the decisions that I've made over the years, I realize sometimes I could have made a better call. And when that happens, often I've had to be humble enough to admit it, but also to pivot going forward. So as this tension happens in your leadership, just remember that schools thrive on well-communicated expectations and firm, fair, consistent follow-through. So at the end of the day, if you feel like your decisions are in line with your core values and the goals of your school, then you can sleep well at night, even if others don't always like you. So let me wrap up this conversation today by saying this. This summer, I finished a great book by Britt Andretti that I've referred to before called Wired to Resist. And it's a book that's a good reminder that it is a biological fact that people, even great team players, will resist change on some level. It is part of our anatomy. Our brains are wired that way. But as leaders, our job is to listen, to set the example, and then to gain the confidence of others so that we're leading in the right direction. You know, leadership and relationships of life, they have a lot in common. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about friendship or marriage or raising children or teaching a class or leading a school or organization. You are always engaged in building relationships while at the same time trying to grow with one another toward a common goal. So it's important that you build trust, that you establish expectations, that you listen to others' points of view. But at the same time, you've been given the task of moving forward with whatever the main goal is that you've set for your school. So ultimately, you cannot allow yourself to be paralyzed by an action whenever others disagree or don't like your decisions. If you have set strong instructional or organizational or transformational goals, then let me encourage you, keep them in the forefront of all the decisions that you're making. And do not let negativity derail you from taking the next best steps towards your goals. As you're moving towards your goals and growth, this school year, 
Let me encourage you to choose to look at both sides of the school culture coin when you're responding to pushback or negativity. Yes, take time to listen to others' points of view. Make sure you have a good understanding of their perspectives, but then keep moving forward on your goals when you know that your best practices are in line with your core values and what's best for kids. So now it's your turn. What are some other ways that you have learned to remain optimistic when others resist change or respond with criticism or complaints? I'm sure that you have some great takeaways as well or some tips that you can share with us. And there's lots of ways you can do that. You can either respond to the blog post that accompanies this podcast at my website at williamdparker.com or you can leave some comments via email to me if you want to email me at will at williamdparker.com or if you want to reach out to me via Twitter, my handle is at williamdp. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that as you are looking forward to this coming school year, that you remember that whether you're being resisted or whether you're hearing complaints or whether people are accepting with optimism the direction that you're going, that the work that you're doing is incredibly important because you're serving students, because what you do matters. If you want more free resources like today's post, you can check out my website at williamdparker.com for free blog posts, podcasts, and other resources there. Until next week, I hope that you continue to serve well, and I'll talk to you again soon.